Um, we are um, in an important week as we are going to do Thanksgiving uh, a little bit later in the week. And I want to tell you about a, a weird question I got a number of years ago. Um, I bet no one in this room has had this question, but it was from a, an educated young woman who was from another country who asked me, what is Thanksgiving? How would you answer that, right? So I, I think the moment she kind of caught me, I was like, well, it took me back to elementary school and I started talking about pilgrims and Indians and things like that and all this. And then and it was, the moment was gone. And then I sat there reflecting about how I'd missed the complete spiritual piece. Like a reminder that those who did the first Thanksgiving were giving thanks to God. And that's what I want to focus on um, in our time this morning or this day is, talk, is thinking about the reasons we have to be grateful in the spiritual context. And my conviction is that if we really get a hold of this, that we're not going to just be grateful and ready to give thanks on Thanksgiving later this week, but it's something that will affect us forever, that we'll live into what I think Christians are, a people of thanks. We are Eucharistic, a Thanksgiving people. And that's where I want to go with this. And this is a weird year. We have to know it's a weird year, right? But I mean, so when we think about Thanksgiving, I think our default is, oh, I'm going to get together and I'm going to be thankful for my family and my friends. And I'm going to be thankful for all the successes of the year kind of a thing. And we can dwell in that place. But on a year like this, there are many of us who, for whom it's been a bad year. I mean, I mean, come on, it's, Businesses are hurt. Relationships are, you know, weird. We're wearing masks. We've got a partial congregation here. There are all kinds of weirdness going on. It's like this past week, I had, I had somebody send me a meme that was, um, it was, it was a side-by-side -side picture, and it was 2019 Barbie, who had her on, she looked great, and she had her glasses up on her hair, and everything was looking great, 2019. And then it had 2020 Barbie, who had her mask hanging down, who looked like an exhausted alcoholic with bags under her eyes and everything else. And it, it was like, who can relate? Well, I know there are many of us that can relate with how hard 2020's been. And maybe as we head towards Thanksgiving, we're thinking, how hard is it to give thanks on a year like this? I want us to go to a deep place of what we can always give thanks for. Always, whatever we're facing. You know, I've got, we could go on and on about these different contexts, but thinking about the spiritual place, thinking about what God has done and what God is doing as something that is meant to make us as Christians a people of gratitude, a people who live out a Thanksgiving year-round. And I think that sort of one of the things I want to start with is like, we may think, oh, this is a really hard year. We're going to have to really dig deep because this is, one of the harder Thanksgivings that's ever occurred. Well, go back actually to the very first Thanksgiving, right? Go back to the year 1620, when the first immigrants, are, colonization people are coming over that are going to celebrate this Thanksgiving. They, they land right before winter. There's 102 of them or something like that. By the time they get to the spring, which is when the first Thanksgiving was, half of them are dead. That's the context of the first Thanksgiving. So don't picture them all on the picnic tables with big smiles. I mean, it was a hard year. Half of them died. But they're stopping to give thanks. And they're not just giving thanks for what went well. 
they're giving thanks to God for many things, right? And then I think also as we shift the date and get it around to November and as we get around to the Thanksgiving the way we know it, that piece really comes from a proclamation by Abraham Lincoln in the year 1863. Stop and think about that for a moment. They're in the middle of a civil war. Families ripped apart. Most carnage in all these different places. He's declaring a day of thanksgiving as sort of the official holiday kind of thing. So don't think that Thanksgiving is all about when everything's going right and all we're going to do is stop and celebrate our successes and the things that are going really well. I want to go a lot deeper than that. And, and for sure, I hope on Thanksgiving you will give thanks for your family and your friends and for the things that have gone well. But I want to go to the things that, that will give us a profound sense of thanks in our hearts in all kinds of circumstances. And begin to think about these spiritual pieces. And I think the first one of those is to think about the gift of life itself. How we, we learn in the pages of Scripture that every good gift is from the Father above. And, we, and theologians want to talk about how creation is ex nihilo. How it's, everything is created from nothing. That God creates it. That all of life is a gift. Every good gift we have is from God. And we start at the very beginning place with giving thanks for our lives, just that we're here, that we get to participate in this thing, and that we have opportunities and all the different things that, that take place as a gift that way. And it reminds me of the story about the um, school-age classroom where the teacher gave the assignment to the students, and she said, I want you to write down what you think are the seven wonders of the world. We're going to talk about those. And so everybody starts writing them down. And this one little girl is writing. Everybody's turned them in. And they're the kinds of things that you think. You know, it's the pyramids in Egypt. It's the Great Wall of China. It's the Grand Canyon. Those are the kinds of things everybody's writing down. And she's still over there kind of stuck and writing a few things. And the teacher comes up to her and says to her, are you, are you okay? Like, what, where are we on this? And she says, well, I'm having a hard time deciding them all. She says, well, tell me what you already have on there. She says, well, I've got sight and touch and taste and smell and hearing and love and laughter. Life, just stepping back and we take it for granted. Just stepping back and seeing how much there is if we're present to appreciate and take in and have gratitude for. And I think really right with it, I mean, like immediately the next thing to me that is so key which is a spiritual thing, is to pause and think about what it means that you are the beloved of God. To go back to that verse and that we, we hear so much, it's trite, but that God so loved the world. He so loved you. Think about St. Paul talking about how God has lavished his love upon you. St. Paul talking about how we cannot even imagine the height and the depth and the width and all of this of God's love for you. Or reading 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, about the kind of love God has for us. That is such a, it's our biggest need. And God gives it to us. And, and what a great thing that is, right? To take that in. And really the whole of the Christian life is about interacting with God's love and going deeper into his love. And this journey that will lead us into eternity, if we'll let him is all about going deeper and deeper into God's love. And it changes us. It not only gives us grateful hearts, but it puts a certain joy in our hearts. 
I think about the, the Christian writer um, um, Branning who says this. Let me, let me just read this from Brendan Manning. He says, when somebody is aware of that love, the same love that the Father has for Jesus, that person is just spontaneously grateful. Cries of thankfulness become the dominant characteristic of the interior life, and the byproduct of gratitude is joy. We're not joyful and then become grateful. We're grateful, and that makes us joyful. You know, they've done, lots of people say this. I've mentioned before a TED Talk that goes into that, but we don't give thanks just because we have joy. If we can learn to give thanks and be grateful, it produces joy in our lives. And we had so many people last year when we did the gratitude journals who wrote to us and said that, who said, I have found a new level of joy in life from learning a practice of being grateful every day. And even when you got to the last page of that journal, keep going, right? That's part of what, part of what I think it means for us to live out a life of, of gratitude that way. So, so we talk about the gift of life itself. We talk about what it means that God loves us. And I think the third really big thing that we have to hold out is salvation itself. However you want to say it, in our suffering and brokenness, God comes into it out of love. And he reaches into it. And his life, death, and resurrection call us into a place of wholeness with him that is um, the biggest gift that we could probably receive. And I think about, you know, how for those of you who pray morning prayer in the Book of Common Prayer, when you get, you've, if you're praying it, if you've never done this, I encourage you all to maybe try this out sometimes as a discipline whenever you want to do it, but get to morning prayer. When you get towards the end of morning prayer, there's a prayer we do that's called um, the General Thanksgiving. And part of that General Thanksgiving goes into many of these spiritual things I'm talking about right now, about why we have this Thanksgiving. You know, um, it talks about that we bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all, for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace, for the hope of glory. It's all of these things, but it's, it's the means of grace. It's God's, it's the redemption of the world that's meant to fill our hearts with so much gratitude. And I think we go on from there. I mean, we could just keep going with some of these profound spiritual principles that I think should leave us in a place of gratitude, that God calls you into a life of meaning, God calls you to partner with him in the ongoing redemption of the world, in working for his kingdom. It's something that will profoundly call you in your life all your days. You have meaning all your days if you'll let and embrace what God wants you to do and, and calls you to. Or we think about God's presence with us as something to be grateful for. He's not left us alone. We may not experience him, Oftentimes, because we're closed, I'm reminded of this. I just got back from doing a retreat this week on um, Thursday and Friday. God's with us. Oftentimes, we don't experience him because we're closed. But if we're open, we'll experience God's with us. He's never left us. I'm, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. as something to be grateful for. Or to think about the ongoing process of how God is changing us sanctification, 
that God accepts us wherever we are. It doesn't matter what we've done. doesn't matter any of that stuff. He invites us, accepts us, but he loves you enough to not leave you there. So if you let God do it, he will continue to move you, transform you, mold you more and more into his likeness, more and more to where you're light and life in the world. All these things are just great, great things. We've got all these things to be grateful for this week on Thanksgiving. We've got our family and friends and all this stuff. But these deep spiritual things are, are profound things we have on the worst day of our life that we have these things. On the worst year, whatever it is, we have these profound things. And I think that's the reason why when in Matthew 6, when Jesus is teaching and he's saying, you know, don't be anxious about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat or all these different things. But he says, but seek the kingdom of God first. Like if we get that perspective, if we hold on to all these things and God's call in our life, we see it differently. Like we're not going to be anxious about all these different things that are going on because we're in a much deeper, bigger, eternal kind of place that's going to change how we live out our lives. And I, when I think about that, um, it's 20 years ago this fall that U2 came out with their album, All the Things You Can't Leave Behind. Some of y'all will know I'm a big U2 fan. It was 20 years ago, which is hard for me to imagine. But one of their songs on that album is my favorite U2 song, Beautiful Day. And if, if you know U2 history, they were on tour when 9-11 happened with this album. So it's already been, you know, we're on 20 years. Um, but they, coming up on that, but they, um, they, after the travel ban was over and everything kind of got back to where people were moving again, they started every concert with this song, Beautiful Day. And um, it starts with the heart is a bloom, shoots up from the stony ground. And it's a, it's, a, it's a song of hope that calls people to see it's a beautiful day even when it's a crappy day. Stuff's going on. Like even when you're stuck in traffic, beautiful day. Even when you see the, some of the bad things happening in the world, it's a beautiful day. That's what that song is ultimately about. And for us, we're reminded that we're called to be a people full of gratitude and thanks. We are sometimes called Eucharistic people. We're here for a Eucharistic service. It, it means thanksgiving. It means that we're to be a people of thanks. And sometimes people will talk about why the services name that. It's either because Jesus on that last night is giving all this thanks before, you know, as part of the Last Supper, or because the central act of worship of a Christian is this thanksgiving. We're a Eucharistic, a Thanksgiving people. But it doesn't mean that we come sit at the altar and just wait to receive, and that's all we are, and that's what it means that we're Eucharistic people. Our baptismal vows and all that we do call us into words and action of giving thanks with our lives. To go back to that, uh, the general Thanksgiving and morning prayer, it goes on to say after those Thanksgiving that we may show forth our praise not only with our lips but in our lives by giving up ourselves to thy service and walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. This idea that we're called into this, our gratitude is not just thanks, but how we live. And Paul tells us our lives are, are to be constant in prayer, pray without ceasing. To me, that means make your life a prayer. And part of living out our lives as prayers means that we live in, with gratitude, that we lean into that, you know, and it's, there's so much to be thankful for. I was thinking again while Greg was reading the gospel, Christ the King Sunday, thinking about God's judgment in the world is one of, that's covered by his grace and mercy. But he's the one in charge. 
And he's the one who loves us. And he's the one who beckons us to follow and just receive a gift. It's amazing stuff to give thankful for, to be thankful for. Well, the, the, the final thing I would say is that, you know, we, we've got to be people that are, we, we live out our lives grateful for God in how we live. On the worst year of our, your life, we're reminded as, as we think about Christ the King that whatever the worst thing that ever happens to us in life, that is not the last word. Whatever the worst thing that happens in life is not the last word. And we have so much to be thankful for. Life, God's love, salvation, call, presence, sanctification, so many things to be thankful for. That should make us a people of gratitude. And study after study has shown that will make you healthier and more joyful. And I want to go further to say that as we live in that place, not only do we give that thanks to God, which we'll do on Thanksgiving, and we do every day in our lives, but share it with other people, right? And I'm going to leave you with a story on this, right? Because I've been thinking about what a blessing it is to take this gratitude and share it with others in so many different ways. There was a, a pastor and a Christian writer about 25 years ago, um, a guy named William um, Stidford, who wrote about how he got to a place in life, he was midlife, and he started thinking about all the people who had helped him get to where he was. And on this particular day, he, he undertook to write a bunch of letters. And he decided that the teacher who had the biggest influence on him was a teacher in high school who, who had taught him literature and how she taught him to open up this whole world. And he took that as part of his vocation of going in to study the great books and ultimately the Bible. And he decided to write her this letter. And he wrote her this letter, and about four or five days later, later, he got this letter back that was written in a scrawl that he could just barely read. This is what it said. My dear Willie, I'm now an old lady in my 80s, living alone in a small room, cooking my own meals, lonely and seemingly like the last leaf of the fall left behind. You will be interested to know, Willie, that I taught school for 50 years. And at all that time, yours is the first note of appreciation I've ever received. It came on a blue, cold morning, and it cheered my lonely old heart as nothing has cheered me in many years. It cost him nothing. A few minutes. We're connected to God's love. Our hearts well with gratitude. Let's give it to God and let's share it in the world. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of your love. We thank you for the gift of salvation. And Father, you've given us so much. We ask that you would give us one more thing. Grateful hearts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.